from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Proud to be here with you every single Monday through Friday from 9 to 11 a.m. And we are on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT is a live stream. You can pick that up on the homepage of wakeupcalldt.com as well with getting the RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, and the downloadable app powered by Podbean all below it right on the homepage of wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop for all you need and all of the ways that you can listen. So make sure that you connect with the show there. You'll see the ticker at the top of wakeupcalldt.com and then it says listen in to Dan Tortora on Wake Up Call, and you'll be able to get all the information there, Twitter, Facebook, and then the live feed will open automatically when we are live. If you're on your cell phone, I believe you have to touch it to begin, so you just go to it and it says touch to begin, and makes it very easy. So you can do that, and then right under that is the RSS feed, the available app on Podbean and the iTunes store. You can also get total access to the website beneath that. And then you could see the Central New Yorkers support our local community by supporting local businesses section that features Carvel DeWitt, Chick-fil-A, Cicero, FanHands.com, Utica Pizza Company, the Penn and Trophy Center, LJ Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson, Honda City of Liverpool, Giovanni's Tuxedos, Dry Sig Apparel and Dry Sig Lady, Looking Glass Events, the Wildcats Sports Pub, and 315 Chiropractic and Wellness as we continue to grow in the community. And then you can see what's happening. That section on the homepage is the last 10 shows that I've uploaded to the app in all of the archives. Then you can see the results of who won the bracket challenge of over 300 people that were in it in the wake-up call bracket challenge. And finally, quick links to Syracuse football, basketball, fantasy football, the American Athletic Conference, the ACC, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and so much more. And that's just on the homepage. So I try to make it very user-friendly, fan-friendly, and then you can go from there and discover over 20 pages located on wakeupcalldt.com. So go have some fun and go explore for free on wakeupcalldt.com. Got a big show coming up. Let's get into the morning menu. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu, that is, live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. Menu right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We're going to get into a bunch of different things this morning, as I said, in just a few minutes for the first time ever. Rugby will join the show. I don't believe I've ever had anybody on the show rugby-wise in the 15-year history of being a broadcaster and a writer, so I'm very, very excited for this moment to have that be a part of the show today, and that is 
Marywood Rugby. So my alma mater, Marywood University, we're going to have the head coach on John Golden of the men's and women's rugby teams that have just begun. They had a little preview here in March of 2018, and they're moving forward from here. Marywood men's rugby, Marywood women's rugby, rugby, rug. Oh my lord! Say it five times fast. Rugby. So, <laughs> men's and women's rugby at Marywood making history. We'll discuss bringing the sport to my alma alma mater, adding to Marywood's historic athletic program, and so much more. Marywood men's and women's rugby. Going to talk with John Goulden about that, the head men's and women's rugby coach, in just a little bit. And that'll be right around 9.15 a.m. Eastern time this morning. And then right after that, we'll head to camp one more time to finish up spring practice interviews. Sam Heckel, right guard of the team, and wide receiver Nikeem Johnson will be joining me live from Hughes Camp to give their thoughts from on-site at the Ensley Center on the turf. They will be calling into the show and telling me what's going on and how they're feeling coming out of camp. Sam Heckel and Nikeem Johnson in just a little bit. And then after that, we'll go to a Syracuse Now alum who has been at camp for the last few seasons and is now moving forward in his life to a hopeful NFL job. That's Jonathan Thomas. He'll be joining me around 10.30 a.m. Eastern time this morning. And we'll round out the show, as we always do on a Tuesday, with the Ingredients to Success, proudly presented by Utica Pizza Company, where we have a new conversation about ingredients to success to find out what we're talking about, what the ingredients are. That'll be coming up at 10.50 a.m. Eastern Time, approximately, as we round out the show. I want to thank all the listeners that jumped in this morning and are listening to the broadcast. We appreciate you very much. If you're not a member of MixLR.com backslash DT, it is very easy to do so while you're listening just go to where it's at, where my picture is, and it'll say follow or, cl- or click here to join or whatever it may be. Click on that. Make sure you follow. It'll prompt you to link an email and make a username, and then all of a sudden you've joined the show. takes a couple seconds to do. It links your email because all members, when we go live, get sent an email to make it even easier than it already is to listen. You click on your email, and then you open it, and listen to the show. It's as easy as that. You get an email from us at Wake Up Call. It says, hey, we're live. Would you like to listen? You open your email, you click yes, and you're listening to the show, streaming live all over the world and to all devices that have the internet, be it your phone, whatever smart device you have, as well as desktop, laptop, iPad, tablet, all that good stuff, iPod, you can listen in to the show from wherever you are and whatever you're doing. And thank you so much for your support. Like I said, coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to speak with the head coach of the Marywood men's and women's rugby team. This is a historic moment for Marywood. It's also a, a historic moment for rugby to have this opportunity because it's something that you know, you don't hear about too much in the States, you know, and, and it's not something that typically here in the Northeast is talked about a lot. So I feel very honored to have this conversation. John Goulden joining the program program for varsity competition in the 2018-19 academic year, giving him a full year to recruit prospective student 
athletes. I'm very excited about this and what's coming up. The chair of the search committee, who's no stranger to the show, Eric Grunman, said, quote, John Golden was chosen by our search committee after completing a a national and worldwide search to become our first men's and women's head rugby coach. Coach Golden brings to this position a wealth of knowledge and experience, both as a player and as a coach. I believe his enthusiasm and energy will help him to build programs that we can all be proud of. His experience coaching at the varsity level was a critical factor in determining him to be the right fit for this very important position. End quote. Most recently, he was the assistant women's rugby coach at Westchester University from January 2015 to July 2017. He assisted the team in practice, game preparation, scouting, recruiting, and off-season conditioning. So we're very excited to have him be a part of this. He was the head men's rugby coach in 2013-14 and head women's rugby coach from 2012-13 to at Lock Haven University of Pennsylvania where he was responsible for every single piece of the program. He also brings administrative experience to Mary Wood, being a part of the athletic department at St. Joseph University, Villanova University, and Bucknell. During those times, he was involved in athletic marketing, corporate sponsorship facilities, and operational duties. So very excited to have him be a part of this USA Rugby, the national governing body, and the small college division of the Mid-Atlantic Rugby Conference, also known as MARC. Very, very excited about this. Because Mary Wood has never had football or anything that resembles football, none of that. We've had no contact sport like this, like football, rugby, anything. So to do this is something really, really amazing, very exciting, and I'm very, very much looking forward to it. And being a full-time coach at the varsity level is also not something that's just special to Marywood, but it's something special in the country. So let's take a fast break. Let's get him ready to come on the show. John Golden in just a few minutes speaking on rugby and making history at my alma mater, which is just two hours south of Syracuse, New York. This is a wake-up call fast break. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. 
Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrySigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrySigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, command yourself to feel comfortable in DrySig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrySigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We're here on Tuesday, April 10th, 2018. Hope you're doing great this morning. Hope you're enjoying life. I feel good because I'm doing what I love. On top of that, I have the opportunity to link up with my alma mater that's just two hours south, like I said, of Syracuse, New York, and it's an honor and a privilege to do that. Marywood University such a big part of my life. And if anybody needs to ask me any questions about where to go to school and we're up here in the Northeast, I can answer that question because Marywood taught me a lot of things and everything that I took away from it, you know, it warms my heart when I see that. So John doesn't know this yet, but Enrico Mastriani, he, I told him he owes me some basketball stuff with a new logo on it. So John's going to have to find me some rugby stuff and, and get that happening here so I can sport that up here in central New York and beyond. But uh, but with John, uh, John Golden of the Marywood men's and women's rugby team, he is the head coach of both. He is making history with this move. The university is making history with this move. And, you know, they've never had football or anything close to it, anything like this contact sport like that. And so for me to see something of this realm at Marywood is very exciting. And rugby is its just a, a truly unique sport in and of itself. So I'm very excited to have him on the show. And I'm happy that Marywood took a shot at doing something different and innovative, which is why I went there in the first place. So with that being said, John, how are we doing today? Great. Thank you for having me on today. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's great what Marywood's doing with the rugby program. It is it is very unique, uh, not only adding rugby, but also the way we're doing it as well. And, and when we go to that, I want to get into that a little bit deeper, where you say, you know, it's not only adding rugby, but the way that you're doing it. How so, you know, how is Marywood bringing this and in, in integrating this into the university? Um, so, yeah, Marywood is fully fully backing this program as the university and also the athletic department. So we are fully funded under the athletic department, which uh, is also unique. Not all uh, varsity rugby programs that get started, start out 
straight under the athletic department. Some of them have to go through the rec department and start out as club teams and work their way up at to the varsity status. Uh, Marywood, we went from having no rugby at all on campus to having going straight to a varsity uh, varsity status. And so when when you have that when you have that like jump up it's no club team there's no let's see how it goes let's you know let's kind of give it a little bit of time cuz you see how you know universities and colleges will integrate something by bringing it in gauging interest seeing how many people come out make it a club sport and then advance it from there for you to be all the way to the end game of being a, a varsity team from the beginning, like you said, just what that means to you and, and, and why you feel that Marywood felt like that was the right move to make to just jump in 100% from the beginning. Yeah, um, I mean, to me, it means a lot because, you know, having that varsity status, talking to your high school recruits, your athletes, uh, these high school rugby players, to tell them that you're a varsity program, that you're, you know, fully funded, that I'm, you know, I'm a full-time head coach and things like that. Uh, it kind of sets us apart from a lot of other rugby programs in the country, uh, you know, especially when, that, when I'm out there recruiting and competing against these other coaches. Uh, not a lot of coaches can say that and that, you know, you know, when, when you start out as a club, you know, you have to, a lot of it is team run and, you know, some clubs have coaches, some don't. And, you know, even if they do it, it you never know how committed the coach is because, you know, a lot of times they're a volunteer or they get a small stipend, uh, you know, and, you know, when they travel and things like that, they have to carpool. And, you know, there, there's a lot, a lot of extra things that you have to do when you're a part of a club besides just showing up to practice and playing uh, playing on Saturdays. So, you know, when when you go straight varsity, you know, I get to tell my players, guess what, all you have to do is you show up to practice, you work hard, and then we get to play on Saturdays. Everything else, you know, all the extra things, all the fundraising, all the administrative logistics stuff, um, me and my coaching staff is going to take care of. So that's, that's our job, and, you know, you get to actually just be a student athlete and enjoy the game and <laughs> not have to worry about all the uh, extras that come along uh, with it sometimes. And, and just to speak on, speaking here with John Golden, the Marywood men's and women's rugby head coach, as, as they form this new team in their history and the athletic department and the university as a whole, just what that does for you as a coach that you don't have to, you know, sell all this other stuff and, well, you got to do this, you got to do that, and you got to do the other thing. I mean, you're li- you're in a very unique market of going to a player and saying, "Hi, we've never had this at Marywood. You're going to be a part of history, and I lit I literally need you to come here, go to school, do well in your classes, and then come to practice and be ready to play." Like there's like you said, there's none of this stuff going on in the background. It's very direct. I need you to be a student. I need you to be an athlete. If you want to play this sport. You come in here, you focus on this, and you know, let us take care of the rest of the stuff. Just, just what you can say that does in in selling it to student athletes that are out there. Yeah, I, I mean that it does a lot. Um, you know, just little things like, oh, you know, we're gonna have brand new equipment, brand new jerseys, uh, nice equipment, nice jerseys, you know, extra apparel and things like that. You know, sells sells these kids. Uh, 
uh, student athletes on it a lot. Uh, I mean, they get excited about it, especially because I mean, the nice thing with starting from scratch, uh, probably one of the number one things that I can offer them and that they care about uh, is playing time. <laughs> you know, I can tell them, hey, guess what? You're going to play next year, most likely going to start. And then we're going to carry it. You're probably going to carry that through all four years while you're here. Uh, so just to be able to uh, say those things and sell those types of things to my recruits, you know, I know there's no other coach that can say those things that I can, like, especially when it comes to the playing time, <laughs> you know, some of these bigger schools, you know, they, they, you know, the coaches can sell them on a lot of things, but, you know, they may not play or start until you know junior senior year where i can you know i can offer them i can uh, uh you know playing time right from the start and you know like i said all all through their time here at marywood and when you look at you know kind of you know the competition that you will have and, and what will be going on describe that you know what i i read a little bit about it before you know, in, in kind of an intro to you, I read it uh, right here on the show of the Mid-Atlantic Rugby Conference, Mark, as well as the USA Rugby National Governing Body. Just what your schedule is going to look like. I mean, who's in the area? Do you have to travel a lot? Just kind of, you know, what this is going to be because, you know, you don't hear rugby a ton. And so you have this market that you can really corner and make special. But as far as who you're going to be going up against, just what you can say about scheduling. Yeah, um, so in our first two, probably two years, we're going to be uh, playing, it's called the NSCRO, it's the National Small College Rugby Organization. Uh, essentially, it's basically the Division Three of college rugby. Uh, so, you know, we'll be playing schools like Scranton University, which is right down the road from us, uh, Susquehanna University and Bucknell University, which is a little more central Pennsylvania. But then we'll also travel a little down south uh, to like Albright College and LaSalle University uh, and like Newman Newman College down in the Philly area. So our traveling in these first few years isn't going to be too much um or I shouldn't say too much, too far. Uh, we will probably branch out of our conference a little bit and try to play some other uh, programs that are that have that varsity status. Uh, like I've talked to the coach from uh, New England College, their men's program is varsity. I've gotten to know him very well. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about, you know, setting up, you know, even though we're not in the same conference, but we're both varsity, you know, so it's nice to play on you know, the same playing field that, you know, the same uh, school with the same status as you. Uh, so, you know, we're trying to set something up like that. So, you know, hopefully down the road we'll be able to branch out a little more and uh, do a little more traveling. But uh, right now, uh, in these first few years, you know, we're going to keep it close and uh, stay with these uh, local schools that, uh, you know, that are in our conference. That coming from John Golden, the Marywood men's and women's rugby head coach John to to take a look at some of the things that you've done in your history you had you had the opportunity of working in athletic departments at St. Joseph Villanova as well as Bucknell what did you take away from your times there because I know that you know you're coming in as the head coach of both of these teams and at the same time you're going to be helping out in the athletic department and being a part of that as well so just what you could say you took away from those those moments at St. Joseph, those moments at Bucknell and Villanova as well. 
Yeah, I mean those those programs were great, and you really learn a lot, uh, especially especially at the you know a bigger schools like Villanova and St. Joe's. Like I actually got to work at Villanova the summer after they won their first national championship, so that was just kind of special in itself. Uh, you know, just the atmosphere in the athletic department. You know, people are buzzing because you know they just they just won that, and then they were doing construction and re- revamping their campus and. Uh, you know, so just being able to learn from people in, in, in those universities where they're so busy and they, they're, what they do is on such a bigger level, um, you know, it, it was, it was a great, great learning experience for me. And, uh, also like, I would say the biggest thing I learned was this, the time management because, you know, when I was at Villanova and when I was at St. Joe's, I was also, still as a, a coach uh, I was an assistant coach at Westchester University with the women's program uh, we were a division one varsity program there uh, so you know and at this also on top of that I was a graduate student so you know but I was a graduate student uh, doing an internship where I was pretty much working full-time coaching on the side and not to mention I had another job <laughs> that helped me pay the bills on the side so I mean you know, I was extremely busy for those times and, uh, you know, they, they helped me teach time management and that think that's really helped me here at Marywood where, you know, I'm coaching two programs and also helping out in the athletic department. So, you know, it was amazing. And then, uh, Bucknell was just, just a great experience as well. Cause, uh, you know, there I was finishing up my undergrad and, uh, just getting my feet wet with college, college athletics and, you know, I worked with the basketball program there and, you know, track, baseball, lacrosse, you know, I got to work with all the sports. Uh, so I really got uh, the feel for a small, smaller school at Bucknell where, you know, everybody, uh, you know, everybody works kind of every sport, you know, at, at the bigger schools, some, you know, some people are more focused on each sport and not necessarily work on every single sport, even though, you know, when it comes to, you know, basketball at St. Joe's and Villanova, those are their big sports. So, you know, everybody, everybody pitches in. So you really learn, you know, everybody really pitches in and it's a team effort uh, when you're, when you're running an athletic department. And, you know, to, to come off of that and doing all that, I mean, I have to ask you because I wear 27 different hats, but you might wear 32. So, I mean, what's, I mean, for you to, to do all these things, I mean, you're, you're at Marywood now. You're going to be helping out with their athletic department in general, your, your men's and women's rugby coach. So you got two teams that you got to look after. You're recruiting. You're building something in history. And like you said, with all this other stuff that you've done in the past, you were a part of this and a part of that and helping out here and a side job over there. So I, I'm, I'm sure you're prepared for it. But what do you think about being this – multi-purpose individual that's going to be at Marywood University and you're, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on what do you think about the challenge um yeah I mean you kind of took the words right out of my mouth I was going to say you know it's it's definitely a challenge but you know I'm, I'm up to the challenge uh I looked I looked at it from from the start that I knew it was going to be a challenge I knew it was going to be a lot of work but you know uh at the end of the day that's that's kind of what I signed up for uh, going into athletics as a career, especially as a coach. I mean, when you're a coach, especially at the college level, you know, you're you're almost on the job 24-7. And then I know, especially next year, it's going to even in, it be even more crazy with my schedule because I'm actually going to have two teams that I'm going to have to practice, have lifting programs, have workouts, have 
you know, team events and team dinners and, you know, just <laughs> you name it, we're going to do it. And, uh, you know, my biggest, my biggest strength is, you know, I'm going to surround myself with some great coaches. Uh, I already have, uh, one, one coach. He actually used to be my coach in college. He's kind of lined up to help me out, uh, next year. And then I'll be hiring two more assistants this summer. And, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing I can do is surround myself with people that are just as committed as I am and, you know, love, know and love the game, uh, of rugby that, uh, just as much as I do. That coming from John Golden. John, before I let you go here, uh, just to, and kind of wrapping up, I want you to know that since there wasn't any rugby at Marywood, I technically have four years of eligibility. <laughs> so I don't know how that works out for you, but you know, I'm, I'm Italian and I'm Hispanic. So I got some fire and some flavor. I mean, I, I, I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what you're going for, but we got, we got the muscle on this end. We, we got the heritage and, you know, I mean, basically, if you tell me that the rugby ball is, is the last meatball on the plate for the family, I think I could take care of business. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. I mean, yeah, we'll take we'll take what we can get right now. I mean, you know, any 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 experience or any bodies fire, you know, no matter what what sport it is. Uh, you know, I tell I tell a lot of my recruits because we get kids that are crossover athletes, you know, don't let your lack of rugby experience deter you away uh, you know, I even talk to some football teams and I tell them, uh, talking to their coaches and I tell them, you may not realize it now, but I would say majority of your football players that aren't going to play football in college are going to end up playing rugby anyway. So why not come to Marywood and play on a varsity program? Right. Absolutely. And have that opportunity to get out there right away, be physical. And I mean, it, it's just to, to describe in closing here, how you would define rugby because you know you always hear people say oh it's football without pats but you know to intricately to describe what it is to you and what it means to you because I've seen guys go back and forth and the Pittsburgh Steelers are actually going to be working out a guy that's played rugby and they're I guess they're working him out in the here and now and I was at Jets camp when they brought a guy over from Australia that had played rugby and they were trying to get him to play tight end so I know that there's a crossover but how do you, how would you describe rugby to a person that's never seen it, never been around it before? Uh, probably the easiest way I can describe the sport it it combines the physicality of football with the endurance of soccer. Uh, so um, you know you're you're you may not see as big of hits you do in football as often. I mean, don't get me wrong, you, you'll see some big hits, uh, but um, you're probably going to hit two or three times more uh, in a rugby match, you know, you'll probably have easily, you know, twice or three times the amount of tackles in a rugby match than you will a football game. But, you know, we play two 80 minute halves. Uh, you're restricted on subs. So you only have seven subs and 15 players on the field. So, you know, half of your team is going to have to play the full 80 minutes. And, uh, you know, there's not as much stoppage and it's not, you know, as slow paced as football can be. So, there you go. Rugby. Telling you right there. The endurance of soccer, which I know is extreme. I mean, I, I when when you watch soccer is one thing, but when you're around a team, as I've been in the past, and, and see the people that train individually, especially the outside mid position and whatnot, it's when we talk endurance, it's soccer. I mean, I said outside of, you know, running 
in the Olympics, you know, there's how many miles you go back and forth in soccer, the respect that I have for soccer athletes for what they have to do. And then, like you said, the physicality of football, that there's some big hits. So there's that bonding of things that people love, you know, and if you, if you love football and don't watch soccer or love soccer, but don't really pay attention to football, it can bind the, it combines those two together and gives you an opportunity to see what that looks like. And I think that it's, it's a beautiful sport. It's a different sport. And I think that Marywood excels in having this in the sense that it is unique and there's a rivalry right down the road. And when you have a rival rivalry and you have something unique and you have good people behind it that are creative, I think that you can accomplish anything. So, you know, my best to you, John, with what you're working to do. And, you know, I'll be a part of this ride and, and hope for all positive things in the future here. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, I'll make sure we get you some Marywood rugby uh, gear. Yeah, if you get it before Enrico Mastriani, he's buying us both dinner. So just make sure that you make that happen. <laughs> All right, you just give me your address and I'll mail it up to you. Sounds good to me. That coming from John Golden. John, you're going to be on this show plenty of times because I we we barely scratched the surface of the conversation and and I the the, the sport of rugby is is so interesting to me and I think to the listeners, there's a lot of value here. So we look forward to having you back on soon. And I am going to hang up with you and send you my address because I want some free dinner from Enrico. So we're going to make that happen. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds great. You have a good one. Thank you for having me on. All right. Thanks, John. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. So that coming from John Golden once again, Marywood men's and women's rugby head coach. We'll take a fast break. We'll be back in just a moment. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily you know we bring in local produce we prepare to order in the kitchen we hand bread our chicken we hand spin our milkshakes it's it's great food it doesn't taste like fast food i I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a chick-fil-a restaurant it's different we we try to treat people with intentional kindness here which is very different and deeper than good customer service and so i think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. 
800-256-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored all at Giovanni's Formal Wear. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or HondaCityCNY.com. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to have you here on the broadcast, as always, every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Appreciate having you be a part of the show today. And every Monday through Friday, you're listening on MixLR.com backslash DT, And we appreciate you tuning in to the show as we move forward here with Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. In just a little bit, we'll have some interviews from Syracuse football camp. Spring practice, Cuse camp is on. It will be wrapping up, and this Friday is the culmination of it all. Friday the 13th, ironically. Friday the 13th, we're going to have... This spring preview, they call it, the spring game, whatever you want to call it. It's going to be going on on Friday, April 13th for the Syracuse Orange. Let's everybody see what Syracuse has been working on, what they've done, and and where they're at at this point. We obviously will not see everything. There will be some stuff that I'm sure will be left off the table, but we're going to get to see the players and see what it's all about. So it'll be good for the fans and, and good for us broadcaster writers to go out there and see what's going on. So, uh, very funny that Syracuse defeated Clemson on Friday the 13th of last year, and now they will begin showcasing what they're about on Friday the 13th of this year. So, looking forward to this. Admission and parking for the event is free. The gates open at 5 p.m. The scheduled scrimmage will be at 7 p.m. inside the Carrier Dome. It's an offense versus defense scrimmage player autograph session, and you can get the best available seats to watch the team this fall. So there will be on-the-field autographs that will be going on that you can get as a fan, and you can also meet Otto the Orange and members of the cheerleading team. And then there's the Select-A-Seat program, which you can go out and be a part of as well. So this Friday the 13th in the Carrier Dome, Doors open at 5 p.m. The game will be at 7 p.m., the scrimmage between the offense and the defense. And right after we see that, you can get an autograph, autographs from the Syracuse football team. 
and we'll have an opportunity to speak with Dino Babers in a press conference, I believe, right after, and then you can get your best available seats in the select a seat purchase opportunity. So I just find it really interesting and, and, and kind of cool that they defeated Clemson on Friday the 13th, and then they come back to show you what they're all about on Friday the 13th as well. So definitely looking forward to it and seeing this spring preview of the Syracuse Orange football program because right after that, right after seeing this spring preview, on Sunday, April 15th, I'll be bringing newly made alum to the Wildcat Sports Pub. Jonathan Thomas, Zaire Franklin, and Irv Phillips will be joining me for a free event at the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, Sunday, April 15th at 2 p.m. They will be doing autographs as well as taking pictures, and we will do a live special engagement show on site at the Wildcat. So this Sunday, mark it down. Friday the 13th is going to be the scrimmage, and then on Sunday you'll be able to come out and see the guys. We'll take a step aside. Our calls are coming in. We'll be right back. This is a wake-up call fast break. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you could choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formal Wear. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Live from Cuse Camp, we have on the line with us right now offensive lineman Sam Heckel. He is on the depth chart as the right guard on the team in the spring here. We're happy to have him back on the show. Sam, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well, man. And uh, just to take a look at your history at Syracuse, just what you could say. I mean, you were one of one of very few players of the, I believe it was 20 to 22 verbal commits that Schaefer had when it shifted to Dino Babers it dwindled down to four. It was you, Scoop Bradshaw, Mo Neal, and Rex Culpepper. So just what you can say about, you know, being a part of this team and, and when Dino came in that he saw something in you that he wanted to hold on to. Yeah, so when I found out Schaefer's staff was leaving, I kind of, you know, reopened my recruitment. But as soon as I heard uh, uh, Baber's staff and them were coming in, they they welcomed me with open arms and, I felt comfortable with that staff, and I still do, obviously. And you came in uh, with with the guys that I had mentioned. I want to start with Mo Neal. Just what you could say about Mo and, and what he's done and how he's grown and the type of weapon that he is coming in with you and, and being a part of that Schaefer-Babers kind of crossover. Well, yeah. I, see, I don't really think about it much as a, you know, a Schaefer recruitment class. I feel like we're just all part of Babers' class. Obviously, we've been in the system for two years now, and I think we've all just grown as a family. You know, Rex, being, uh, 
him and I are close friends, and Mo's really grown as a player. Uh, so is Scoop as well. But you know, overall, our, I feel like our class is very close. And and when when you look at some of these guys that you know you had mentioned, we were talking about Scoop has fought his way into the starting lineup. Rex got playing time last season, as well as you know what what Mo Neal has done in rotation. Just what it means to you with with these guys that you got to know very early on to come in and, and not just be on this team and be together, but you know to be starting and and to have these big roles on the team as you move forward. Just what it says about the group of guys that came in and, like you said, the family that you have. Uh, you know, well, we got we got a we got a young team coming. Uh, you know, my our class has worked very hard, and so has the rest of the team and our strength. Strength staff and Coach E, they've done a great job of molding us into college football players. Uh, and, you know, Mo has developed his role here. Uh, and, you know, I, I just feel like our class has been doing great. And same with the class below. And, you know, as far as Rex, like you said, you become good friends with Rex Culpepper. I spoke with Scoop about it a little bit. Just what you could say about, you know, his fight, his determination, his perseverance, and and how that drives you as a person and, and as a player. Well, when I found out the news, you know, I was heartbroken about it. Uh, and it was just, you know, it was, it was just some, something to grasp. And, uh, you know, Rex is a fighter. Uh, he's, in my opinion, done a great job uh, fighting uh, his testicular cancer. And you know, he's just, he's an inspiration, honestly, because he just moves it aside and keeps working. When he leaves practice and, you know, and the news comes out and everything, and then you see him come back to practice and throwing, and he was there last week, just what that says to you, I mean, if that surprised you at all, that Rex, you know, look at, looked at yeah. cancer and was like, you know what, whatever, and he's back the yeah. next week, you know, throwing the ball. It says a lot about his character uh, and what he's about, you know. He just wants to be as good as he can be, you know, and nothing's going to stop him from doing that. And Sam, speaking here with Sam Heckle of, of Syracuse's offensive line, Sam, last season you started all 12 games at left guard, and now you've been shifted to right guard as far as the depth, depth chart is concerned. Just what you can say about, you know, going from one side to the other, do you feel much difference? Is it just kind of second nature to you? I, I, I know that you've been able to, to kind of be a chameleon coming from uh, high school to college and being able to go up and down the line, but just what you've taken from shifting a little bit here on the line. Actually, uh, I kind of enjoy moving positions frequently because, you know, it keeps my mind fresh. You know, it just helps me grow as a player. And, you know, I, I'll probably never play tackle here because of my size and whatnot. But, you know, the interior, I know all three positions now well. And, you know, I just think we're a very versatile group, which is always a good thing. You played over a 1,000 snaps in your first season after redshirting. What did you take away from the 2017 season and, and your first crack at being a collegiate football player? I mean, a thousand snaps is is a lot of time to kind of think about, marinate, and watch on film. So, what did you take away from last year? Yeah, the thousand snaps is is no joke. I mean, it it's a lot of experience, which is always good. You know, Aaron and I uh, grew grew into being a collegiate football player, and just having that those 12 games under our belt are really helpful, especially with this spring. Uh, we're able to help the younger guys like Dakota and Austin. It's, it's been, it's been a lot of help. 
And what have you taken away from some of these young guys? You know, like Dakota, that's that's right under you on the depth chart, and, and like you you mentioned, Austin. I know Keaton is is right behind Aaron, uh, Colin Byrne, and Aaron Roberts there, and then Patrick Davis behind Cody. What have you taken away from from these guys on the line? And to go a little bit deeper into maybe some things that you've seen, or you know, working closely with Dakota, maybe what you've taken away from him so far. Well, a lot of it has to do with uh, Coach Kavanaugh, actually. Uh, he's you know, he, he really emphasized technique, and we've been just taking reps after reps trying to master that technique. And I think uh, with Dakota having uh, Aaron and I teach him stuff, it, it helps him helps him learn faster. And uh, I think just having the new coach, the new knowledge uh, with, with learning our technique has helped uh, the younger guys a lot. And what have you taken away from – from Mike Cavanaugh so far, having that new offensive line coach that had some time with the San Diego Chargers and and three decades in college, what have you taken away from Coach Cavanaugh so far? He's got, I mean, he's got so many years on, under his belt, and uh, he's he's helped me tremendous tremendously with pass pro. Uh, I know I struggled with that last year as a left guard. Um, yeah, I, I feel like through his technique work, I've gotten better at it. That coming from Sam Hackle and Sam in closing here, I have to give a shout out to Waukesha because I think I had told you this before, but my aunt is from that area, from Wisconsin, knows all about Waukesha. So how's Waukesha doing right now? You keep are you keeping in touch with everybody? Yeah, yeah. I always my family's doing well. There, my mom, my dad and I, are, or my mom and dad are coming up for the spring game, and you know, all my friends are they go to school in Wisconsin. And, you know, in Oshkosh and Whitewater, but you know, I, I keep in touch with people back home, uh, which is good because, you know, I've got my best friends out there, and I love Waukesha, so love talking about it. And, and lastly from me, Sam, just what you can say about this year's team, just what you've taken away from spring practice, what feels different, what looks different, what is it about this team that you're taking away and is kind of top of mind right now because there's been the frustration of being 4-8, the two years that you've been there, I know one year you redshirted, but there's been some big time wins. There's been some close games. Just what you can say you're taking away from this spring, most of all at this point. The, you know, it feels different because you know I'm a redshirt sophomore now, and um, yeah, it just feels it feels odd, you know, being sort of in that trans- transition to an upperclassman. So I feel like as uh, Aaron and I are developing roles as leaders on the O-line under, you know, Cody and Aaron Roberts. Uh, you know, we're, we're developing our leadership skills and in order to help the O-line and the rest of the team. Um, you know, the culture is changing here. Uh, our class is especially bringing it. Uh, you know, we all, we all have one, one focus. You know, I feel like we're really a close-knit group. Uh, coming from Sam Heckle. Sam, as always, I appreciate your time, and I look forward to talking with you soon. All right, man. All right, take care. Bye. Bye. That coming from Sam Heckle once again at Syracuse's spring practice. Cuse Camp live here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Very, very pleased to have uh, these gentlemen on the show. We've had a bunch of the guys on 
recently here, and I want to thank them all for being a part of the show. Those that we've had the opportunity to speak with, Scoop Bradshaw at Corner, who we just mentioned, he was on here recently. Linebacker Andrew Armstrong was also on the show. Kingsley Jonathan, defensive end, was a part of the broadcast, as well as defensive tackle Chris Slayton. And we have just had Sam Heckle, the right guard, on, and we're looking forward to the opportunity of of getting another one on here in just a second, that being Nikeem Johnson at wide receiver. So let's get him on. We'll take a step aside and be right back. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. You're listening to us live. And right here from Q's camp, we have Nikeem Johnson on the show. Nikeem is no stranger to the broadcast. Throughout his recruitment, he was on here, and I'm happy to have him back. Nikeem, how you doing? I'm doing well. Yourself, man? How you doing? I'm doing very well. And, and see, I, I can feel it over the phone. I can feel like your excitement, like you're pumped. You're ready. Like I'm, I'm getting a vibe from you right now that you're ready sorry, to catch sorry. a touchdown pass at this spring, this little spring preview. I'm, I'm feeling it from you right now. Yes, sir. So, so bring me into uh, you know how things have been going for you. I mean, last year you got to get out there as a true freshman and 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 get some experience. What did you take away from that? Because you were utilized in some places, and then other times you were watching on the sideline, kind of back and forth. What did you take away from your first year at Syracuse? Um, for my first year, I definitely took a look at the two senior receivers that we had, Steve Ismail and Eric Phillips. Those guys have taught me a lot. They showed me the ways of the game. And working with our um, first-team DBs in practice, those guys definitely toughened me up a little bit with press releases and tackling and hitting drills. So they definitely got me ready for the ACC. And you appeared in 11 games of the 12 last season to go out there and, and to be a part of this team. I mean, you as a true freshman got to experience what it was like to defeat a reigning champion in Clemson inside the Carrier Dome. The irony is that happened on Friday the 13th, and you will be in front of the fans again on Friday the 13th. So kind of cool for you. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. So bring me into that Clemson game. Go back to that moment. I mean, that's one. I mean, you as a freshman got to experience one of the moments of your history at Syracuse that you're going to remember forever. So when I say Syracuse-Clemson, what comes to mind? What part of the celebration or the game just sticks out the most to you? Um, the, the time in the locker room. I really feel as though that we all came together as a team. That was a time where I could I could see real like true brotherhood from everybody on the team. The coaches came together, everybody on the staff, the players, everybody, the fans. It was just like a complete feel, and we were all together. So that's how we was able to build that electricity to win that football game. Speaking here with Nikeem Johnson from Q's camp, Nikeem. What you can say about Dino Babers, because people love and make his speeches go viral on social media, but you get to live them and be in them all the time, and you get to be in the ones that nobody sees. 
So what can you say about him as as a speaker, as a leader, and as somebody who is trying to get your attention? How does he how does he grab your attention and what can you say about how he speaks and and if that moves you at all? He reminds me of a motivational speaker. It's like when his words hit you, it's like they really touch you, you really feel what he says. And it's like it wants you to like it embrace it. You embrace that feeling of what he's talking about, the way he delivers the message, the the, the word choice that he uses. It's just like he just brings you in, he reels you in. He's just like a like I said, a motivational speaker. He's just a good guy. Like he he just brings everyone together. And and looking at bringing everybody together, what can you say about this spring? And what this feels like, what what this this movement for Syracuse is like. Sam Heckel just said to me live on the line here a, a minute ago that you can feel the change that's happening. Go a little bit deeper into that. Do you feel like there's a change happening at Syracuse, and what does it feel like? It's a big change. I feel as though like a lot of the young guys that redshirted last year, a uh, guy that played as a true freshman myself, it's like we're we're definitely adapting to the speed of the game. So like the entire team now is coming together as as one as one unit. At first, is you can see sometimes that we play as individuals or it's just like some guys make certain plays here when we didn't have a full team effect. But it's like now you have young guys making plays, you have guys that've been here to making plays, and you have the upperclassmen that's making plays. So it's like with everybody coming together, the defense is strong, the offense. We're learning more. Our offensive line is a lot older. Receivers may be young, but we're learning. We're getting everything right. And I feel as though like the quarterbacks, they've definitely matured with where to put the ball, how to put the ball, knowing their receivers. And I feel as though everybody's just coming together. And that's the biggest thing that we need for this team is unity. <laughs> there's no Steve Ishmael. There's no Herb Phillips. Devin Butler, yourself, Russell Thompson Bishop. Antoine Cordy moving over from safety, Sean Riley, Jamal Custis, Sherrod Johnson, and the rest of the guys that have come in as well. Just what this wide receiver core feels like to you. I mean, we are prime for people to take leadership roles. We are in a position right now where somebody has to step up and lead this room. So bring me into the wide receiver room. I'm in the wide receiver room. I mean... Everybody, like everybody, has their own strength. We have bigger guys, we have smaller guys in the room. We have guys that are just in the middle. But one thing that stands out about the entire receiver group is everybody plays fast. Everybody in the room is fast. So with that, we'll be able to stretch the defense. We'll be able to get out, make sure our quarterbacks make the right reads because we will be able to sit in certain zones quicker than a lot of most guys that can't. So I mean, like our our room, we're coming together more as brothers this year. Everything is a unity, like I once said before, and I feel as though we're just coming together strong, helping each other out. Whenever somebody drops a ball in practice, we're getting on them, so we're just holding each other accountable, and that's the biggest thing that we need to focus in on for this year is just holding each other accountable. We can't we can't go in and say, oh, just because you made a catch, you didn't work a release. you got to make sure you work that release and make sure you make the catch because that's the only way they should be able to get to the next level. So that's the type of mentality we have as a group, and we just stay on top of each other about everything that we do on the field. That coming from Nikeem Johnson, wide receiver of Syracuse. Before I let you go, two things about the quarterback position. Rex Culpepper, how does his story inspire you? How does seeing him come back to practice and throw inspire you? And then secondly, just what you could say about Eric Dungy's growth as a quarterback. So those two guys starting with, with Rex and then Eric. Well, with Rex, he's a fighter. Like That just shows the team that no matter what – 
adversity hits you, you have to just keep pushing. You have to just keep going. You just got to keep punching the clock no matter what the situation is. And he just shows us that he's a fighter every day. He's coming back out here practicing, even though he's still undergoing his surgeries, still going through his treatment. He just... He's just a tough guy. And with Eric Dungey, he's definitely um he's definitely coming together and learning a lot more. This is what his fourth year. He's a senior this year. So I mean he understands the game very well. He's able to play faster. He has some time off to really be able to study the playbook and get to learn his receivers, like be around us more. So I mean, coming into this year, I feel as though he'll be a, a great quarterback this year. He's a guy to watch out for the ACC this year. That coming from Nikeem Johnson and and Nikeem, last thing that I want to get from you is the fans april 13th coming out seeing this this spring preview what do you want to say to the fan base to you know about this season about what's coming up about what you're excited about these fans have been waiting a long time to get on the winning side of things and stay on that side what do you want them to know I want them to know that we out here pushing for them every day. We're working hard, and then now at 6 a.m., we're getting it working. And just know that we're going to be on top of our game this year. They don't have anything to worry about. We're going to keep pushing, keep fighting. And Nikeem Johnson being the same height as me makes me feel like – and I, I, I'm living vicariously through you, Nikeem. Every touchdown, <laughs> every 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 tackle that you break, I'm living that through you. Is that is that fair? Can we do that? We can do that, man. We all in unit at the end of the day. All right, sounds good. Well, as always, Nikeem, I appreciate you, and I look forward to talking with you soon. All right, same to you. All right, take care. That coming from Nikeem Johnson once again. Five foot eight, baby. The five foot eights have to stay together. (laughs) That's what we have to do. We got to stay together. So Nikeem Johnson doing his thing. He's always fun to talk to, and and we spent a lot of time. You can go back in the archive and check it out on Wake Up Call dt.com you can go to the rss feed the itunes podcast or the downloadable app powered by podbean any one of those is going to give you over 950 shows and you can look up nikeem johnson and it'll bring you to the interviews that we've had together because we've had some you know profound stories and really interesting times he's 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 a ball of energy which makes me believe that he's going to be if you know if, if if his hands are right and he's catching these balls and they're looking for him, he's going to be a danger out there because he's hungry. And I trust my gut, and my gut tells me that Nikeem Johnson's going to make some pretty damn good plays this year. So you need to pay attention to that for sure and for certain. We'll take a step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop. In just a moment, we'll be coming back here and having a little conversation about that man that they call Tim Tebow and what I think about Tim and his story. You know, they say God works in mysterious ways and, you know, people think that Tim's been screwed over and not given this and not given that and and he's not good enough to be here and not good enough to be there. I have a totally different outlook on Tim Tebow's story. So we'll discuss that in just a little bit. The positive side, the glass half full Tim Tebow story. And then from there, we will get into at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. My guy, linebacker Jonathan Thomas, will be joining the show live to speak with us on his experience at Syracuse, moving forward into the NFL draft, working out for the Buffalo Bills coming up this Friday. And on top of all of that, joining Zaire Franklin and Irv Phillips with me on Sunday, April 15th for the last opportunity for these gentlemen to meet and greet with the fans, sign autographs, and take pictures before they leave for the NFL draft. So please, 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 if you want to see these guys, you don't want to live with regrets. We had Mackie McPherson, Jay Brownlee, Jerome Smith, and Marquis Spruill all in the room with me 
did a show exclusively through Wake Up Call. Every single one of them got a crack at the NFL. Jerome Smith stayed on a roster for a while, as so did Marquis Spruill. Mackie McPherson was with the Bills, did some things, and decided ultimately that he wanted to do something else with his career and is now a coach at Kent State, which I think is wonderful, and he's always a pleasure to have. And Jay Bromley still in the NFL and playing for the New York Giants and drafted in the third round. So don't miss out on the opportunity of the next wave of players, Zaire Franklin, Jonathan Thomas, Irv Phillips. Come out and meet them Sunday, April 15th at 2 p.m. Eastern time. That way you don't have to live with any regrets in saying, well, I wish I went out and saw them. So come out and see us Sunday, April 15th at 2 p.m. They want to play on Sundays. So I figured what better time to do the event than on a Sunday to get you in that mindset for that. Sunday, April 15th at 2 p.m. at the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. We will see you there. We'll take a step aside and come back with Jonathan Thomas in just a little bit, as well as conversation on Tim Tebow. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Gear up with the real deal at Drysig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DrysigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Utica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family, their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens... They're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. I want to thank everybody that's been on the show so far. Plenty of of live conversations this morning, and we still got another one to go with Jonathan Thomas coming up here in just a little bit. Jonathan Thomas will be joining me around 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. He will be discussing with me his time at Syracuse, his hopes for the NFL, playing the linebacker position, the, the opportunity that he had at Syracuse that shifted from Schaefer to Babers, as well as working out for the Bills coming up this Friday. And then on Sunday, hanging out with all of you in the Syracuse and Central New York community at the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in 
Camillus, New York, and we're going to be there Sunday, April 15th at 2 p.m. So come out and see us and hang out there. With that being said, we got a little bit of time in between to have a discussion on something that, you know, I was thinking about this morning, and that's that's the Tim Tebow story. You know, people want to say that Tim Tebow has this terrible life, and he's not really good at anything, and he can't do anything, and yada, 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 and, and whatever, whatever. And, and I see it differently. I see a man who has so many different opportunities and he's touched so many lives. I mean, it's funny to me how people can think the way they want to think about Tim Tebow. Like, well, look, he went to the NFL and failed. No, he didn't. The NFL failed him, in my opinion. And, you know, the NFL's got some work to do because a man who believes in God, doesn't get himself in trouble, isn't out there having to get picked up at a police station and this, that, and the other thing. There's some of these guys that get themselves in trouble. There's over a 1,000 players, so you know that there's going to be one or two eggs in there that's maybe not going to follow the rules. Tim Tebow took a knee, prayed to God, was very positive, and people didn't want the lightning rod. Well, we don't want Tim Tebow on our roster. And it was all about... He can't throw and he can't this, he can't that. And the thing is, he's not Brett Favre, but Brett Favre had bad mechanics. Brett Favre didn't didn't throw the way that he was supposed to. Brett Favre, the whole year that he spent with the Jets, they, they were like, did he even read the playbook? He's just dropping back and throwing the ball up in the air and being like, go get it. So, the unfair criticism. How about Tom Brady? Tom Brady threw two-yard passes over and over and over again to Wes Welker and Julian Edelman. And those guys took that yards. Wes Welker in one season had almost 700 yards after catch that were all that were all given to Tom Brady in passing yards when he was throwing two-yard passes over the offensive line to Wes Welker, who was taking the ball for 70 yards, 50 yards, 40 yards, 20 yards, whatever it may be, 12 yards. So the world was so hard on Tim Tebow for throwing short passes. The world was hard on Tim Tebow for not not doing well with the Jets. Every time the Jets brought him in, they didn't mask anything. When Tim, Tim Tebow came trotting in, he never threw the ball. 99% of the time, it was a run. So you blame Tim Tebow, but how about the Jets having terrible game planning, telegraphing everything that they were doing? It's, you know, for some odd reason, Tim was the problem to people. It wasn't the game planning of the Jets who have proven to you that they can't figure it out for multiple seasons and multiple years and multiple quarterbacks. It's, you know, we look at the Denver Broncos game and say, okay, the Denver Broncos defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger, who had won a Super Bowl, with Tim Tebow at quarterback. Demarius Thomas had the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, Dan, it was 80 yards, and it was a two-yard pass over the middle from Tebow to Demarius Thomas. How is that any different from Tom Brady's two-yard pass over the middle middle to Wes Welker that he would take for a touchdown? If Tom Brady did it, he's the comeback king. If Tim Tebow does it, well, it's just a little chippy pass, and Demarius did all the work. Nobody ever said Wes Welker did all the work. Nobody ever said Julian Edelman did all the work. It was, oh my God, Tom Brady. Oh my God, here, I just love you. It's just, and then with Tim, it was like, oh, well, he's just, you know, he's really not that good. He has to throw two-yard passes because he can't throw anything over five yards. Why do we treat people differently? And Tim Tebow became a lightning rod. You know, teams didn't want to have him on the team because the God 
factor and, and this and that. And it makes people uncomfortable and it does this and people don't want to deal with this and that. It's so ridiculous. So Tim didn't do anything wrong in the NFL. He won more playoff games than number one pick Jamarcus Russell, shout out. He won more playoff games than Ryan Leaf, second pick overall, shout out. So I can go up and down the list of quarterbacks that he did better than, that he won a playoff game and they did not. So let's be real. Okay? Tim Tebow has won more playoff games than the Cleveland Browns quarterbacks from 1999 to 2017. An entire franchise. He defeated Ben Roethlisberger. Not many have in the playoffs. So, glass half full. Tim Tebow did good things with the Gators was a three-time nominee for the Heisman Trophy, won the Heisman Trophy one of those times, and on top of that, won national championships in Florida. So you're looking at, okay, as a Gator, as a quarterback on the team, as a leader on the team, the Gators hoisted the championship trophy. Then he wins a playoff game as a quarterback in the NFL. Then he goes to the Mets and he is moving up here with the Mets. And now Steve Spurrier has allegedly extended his hand out and said, hey, the first franchise of the Alliance for American Football, the AAF, the first franchise is in Orlando and Steve Spurrier wants Tim Tebow to play for him. And amidst all of this, he's been public speaking helping out people, doing good things to, you know, helping out the fans, standing over that one guy and helping him and praying with him at that at the game that happened last year, wrote a book called Shaken. You might think that Tim Tebow's having a terrible life. You might think that Tim Tebow is a laughing stock of the NFL, but I don't see it that way. I see a glass more than half full. I see a glass overflowing. Because Tim Tebow has something that he can say he did that little to nobody has done in the sports world. Be good enough to play in the NFL and then show that he is worthy of moving up the ranks in Major League Baseball. Be a Heisman Trophy winner. Have won a national championship in collegiate athletics. You're an author. You're a public speaker. What else do people want from Tim Tebow? What else can you ask for from Tim Tebow? Because as far as I'm concerned, he has shown you over and over and over again that he could be something special. And he has another book coming out. This is the day. The book is coming out September 25th. And he continues to do great things in the community. And I I think it's amazing. I think it's absolutely amazing. And I think it's hysterical that you could say something negative 
about Tim Tebow. I'm sure Tim Tebow has ex-girlfriends and childhood friends and maybe doesn't hang out with anymore. And you know, no matter how good of a person you are, anybody can say bad things about you. Be the greatest person. I mean, for goodness sakes, Jesus Christ was perfection and people still say bad things about him. So I look at Tim Tebow and I say, he's winning. He's winning. You tried to kick him out of the NFL, but he won a playoff game before that happened. You try to talk about how nobody who wins a Heisman is effective anywhere. I'm sorry. Did Tim Tebow win a Heisman? Tim Tebow had a better NFL career than Johnny Manziel. I'm looking at the history of Tim Tebow and I'm saying to myself, this man has been able to touch so many lives across so many different platforms. As an author, as a baseball player, as a football player, as a public speaker, he's had a phenomenal life and he's a young guy. He's born in 1987. He's two years younger than me. 30 years old, going to be 31 in August. And he is still making it happen. He's still getting after it. How amazing is that? And how special is that for Tim Tebow? So I think he's a prime example of when somebody tells you don't, somebody tells you you can't stop, it won't work. You'll never be successful. Or if somebody slams the door in your face like I felt was done to him in the NFL. A door burst open as an author. A door burst open as a public speaker. A door burst open for him to do charity events. A door burst open in Major League Baseball. God will provide. And that's the awesome thing about this. Is that no matter what you think and no matter what you say... If somebody's doing things the right way, for the right reasons, with a lot of effort and hard work and determination, God will always open up that door, and that door will help you out. And wherever you go and wherever you end up, when a door slams in your face, if you're doing things the right way with all you got and all your heart, you can complain about the door slamming in your face, or you can say to God, there's a reason why this door is shut. There's a reason why you don't want me to open it. And that's okay. There's a reason why I'm not going through this door. And I have to trust you. Right? I have to trust you. Whatever you believe in that's bigger than us. I believe in God. You believe in whatever you want to believe in. But I do know in 32 years of my life that when a door has slammed in my face, I've gotten so angry at that door being closed, only to realize that either that door was supposed to be closed or... It was supposed to be closed for a little while to teach me how to fight, to teach me how to get after it, to teach me how to do things the right way. You got to love when your wife is in the studio. So if you heard that, because she's wonderful. So, but whenever a door has shut or a window has shut, you know, I have prime examples of when somebody says, always be the bigger person. Be nice even when people aren't nice to you. Be respectful even when people don't respect you. 
I have stories that I could tell my children someday that are clear. When I have literally been nice to someone who was terrible to me, that was hanging something over my head telling me I'm going to dangle this and, and see how high you jump for it. And then I achieved it. And I've had it for so long since. And I look at things like that. I look at stories like that where if I wasn't the person to take the person laughing in my face and turn around and walk back toward them and shake their hand and say, thank you for your time and I appreciate what you're doing, I wouldn't have the stuff that I have today. There's people that I went through hell with seven years ago. You would never know because of the way they treat me today, which I believe was a direct connection and result of how I treated them. As awful as they were to me, I was good to them. Every single chance I got, I was good. I was positive. I was there saying thank you when I wanted to say a lot of other things that are not for family radio. Being the bigger person got me what I wanted. Being the bigger person when in the short term I wanted to hurt somebody as the human in me, the soul in me said, Obviously, something is broken with this person for them to act such a way. Obviously, there's an unhappiness inside of them for them to be this way. And now that person sits next to me and we can have a conversation for a half an hour and there's mutual respect there. And when I ask for something nine times out of 10, I'm going to get that. So it amazes me how being the bigger person, people say, well, you know, you're just going to get run over. It doesn't pay to be a good person. Yeah, it does. Because I've had doors slammed in my face recently. Like the wound is still open. And I look at those doors and I ask myself, if that door blew open again, would I walk through it? Now knowing the personalities behind this or knowing the quality of this or the service of this. Something in my gut told me, we need to walk out of this door. And as I'm getting set and preparing myself to walk out of that door, the door slammed in my face. I didn't even have a chance to walk out of the door because it slammed and kicked me out. But the same result was there. So do we focus on getting kicked out of the door or do we focus on the result that we were leaving anyways? Do we focus on the notion that we were already walking out? So whether we got kicked out of the party or we left the party, we knew we weren't supposed to be at that party. God is always preparing us for something bigger and something better. We don't think so when we get broken up with, when our friends flake out, when we were expecting money that we don't get, when we are expecting, I don't know, to you know get something that doesn't come to fruition. We consistently complain about, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? But the funny thing is, do we take the time two months later, three months later, three weeks later, five years later to say, well, obviously that happened. Have we ever been in a relationship where, you know, you love that person, you think you love that person. And that person breaks your heart and you lay in bed crying and you say, I can't move on from this. 
And then you look at your life and you go, that was 12 years ago. Look at what I've become. What did I, what, what, what did I miss? And what was not good about that? And do the, what, what outweighs the other? You know what I mean? When a door shuts, when a window shuts, we feel like we're trapped in the room. God's just telling you to find another way out. Because what if you open that door and there's a fire outside? What if you go to jump out that window and there's barbed wire on the ground? There's always a reason why that is locked and shut. And trying to force things open, trying to force things to happen. Good things are never forced. They come fluidly. Good things are never forced. You don't force feed a baby. You can't force feed life. And Tim Tebow doesn't force. He just goes to the door, checks to see if it's open, does his best to open that door, and sometimes it opens and sometimes it doesn't. But every single time someone slammed a door in Tim Tebow's face, I've seen him go to the next door and gone, okay, then I'll get to you this way. I'll spread love this way. I'll spread my faith this way. I'll spread happiness this way. I'll talk about God this way. He has never shied away from who he is. He's never shied away from who he is and what he's about. He's proud to love God. He's proud to share scripture. He's proud to be happy. He's proud to go and help somebody. He is proud to do it. And when somebody has a genuinely good path of love and positivity and is trying to do things the right way, look at every experience. If I'm Tim Tebow, I could look at my life and go, I could think for the rest of my life they forced me out of the NFL. How could they do that? I was so much better than these people. Why did they let these people in? Why did they do this? Why did they do that? I can't believe that this person, da, da, da. Why would they say that about me? He could think about all of the comments, thousands upon thousands, maybe millions of comments that were derogatory toward his football abilities. Or he can wake up this morning and say, I got to play in the NFL. I'm working my way to play in the major league in major league baseball. I'm a Heisman trophy winner. I've won a national championship. I have fans all over the world. I've written all these books. I get to help people every single day. He can look at, at the NFL and spit on the logo and go the rest of his life sitting on a couch going, you know, one day I, I mean, back way when I was playing in the NFL, drinking a beer, smoking a cigarette and taking popcorn out of his belly, which a lot of people do. Hence why we get internet trolls. That's who they are. That's what they look like. They could also be very attractive people that are just inside very ugly. Tim Tebow. National Enquirer tries to rip him apart. Doesn't work. People try to say he can't this and he can't that. It doesn't work. Because if you are a good person doing things with goodness in your heart, it will always come back to you tenfold. And if I'm Tim Tebow, I'm like, I got to play baseball professionally. Got to play football professionally. Got to play at one of the greatest universities in Florida. Got to win a championship. Got a Heisman Trophy. I got to do all these things in my life. I'm 30 years old. I've written a book. I got another one coming out. People know me all over the world, and I get to help people. 
if I'm Tim Tebow, I'm going, just baseball and football alone, how many people get to do both at a, at that high of a level? And the joke's on you. If he gets kicked out of Major League Baseball, he's going to do something else profound the next day. Because Tim Tebow is looking for doors and windows that are open. Because he knows that somebody opened them to set the way. Ectocor said, chances are the slamming of the door blew another one open. That's church, brother. That's good stuff. We'll take a step aside for a fast break. We'll come back with Jonathan Thomas in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Hi, this is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or a wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. The Pennant Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Pennant Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding ring that's been passed down through your family. If you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime, the Penn and Trophy Center, 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you this morning, and thank you so much for tuning into the show every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. It is my honor and my privilege to have Jonathan Thomas on the show with me, linebacker for the Syracuse Orange, now an alum of the Syracuse Orange as he moves on for his hopes of playing in the NFL. He has a workout coming up with the Buffalo Bills this week on Friday the 13th, and right after that on Sunday, April 15th, he will be joining me at 2 p.m. Eastern Time as well as 
teammates Zaire Franklin and Irv Phillips to head out to the Wildcat Sports Pub and meet the fans one more time before everything settles up for the NFL Draft, which is coming up at the end of the month. So we look forward to seeing you April 15th at the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus at 2 p.m. With that being said, let's bring him on to the show. Jonathan Thomas, always good to see him and and bump into him and and have some good time. So I know he's had the opportunity to go back to Georgia. He's also been able to work out with the Falcons. We're going to talk about that and so much more coming up here this morning. Jonathan, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. And 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 Jonathan, you know, just just what you could say about, you know, heading back to Atlanta and, and being able to, you know, see family and be around family and, and at the same time you know, you've, you've gotten the opportunity to work out with the Falcons, just what that means to you, because that's, you know, the, the hometown team, so to speak. And, and I'm sure that that was, that was a big moment in your history. I'd be sure to say that. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about the time that I went to Flowery Branch when I was, uh, in middle school to watch, uh, their little scrimmage during the summer and like meeting all the, uh, old famous players and stuff like that. And being, being, having the chance of being around facilities and actually meeting coaches, working out for the team was like a dream come true. Even though, like, it's not to the point I want to be, but it's a blessing that I'm, I got this opportunity to work out for one of my favorite teams um, growing up. And, and what, amazing experience. And when you say, Jonathan, that, you know, it's, it's not exactly where you want it to be, you know, to go a little bit deeper on that, I mean, what can you say about, you know, where you want things to be, maybe where things are at right now and what you're working toward as we get closer to the NFL draft? Um, I'm getting um, worries about uh, being a free agent and also getting a uh, rookie mini camp invite. Um, I mean, that's all That's all great news and stuff, but, um, you know, everyone wants, everyone wants to get drafted, but um, that's not always the case for everyone. So I'm blessed to be where I am today, and I just got to keep working hard to get where I'm supposed to be. This path that I'm taking um, is making me very. Uh, <clears throat> this path that I'm, I'm currently taking um, is, is making me um, really. Um, what, what's the word I want to use? Um, that's where I want to use. Like may, maybe making you humble or, or helping you to appreciate. No, yeah, definitely humbling me um, because um, this is my experience in Syracuse. Um, I felt it was like a brief uh, experience. This this past four year, four years went by so fast, and um, it was it was a scary thought I had at the end of December, thinking about will I ever play football again? Will I ever get the chance um, to work out for a team? And like this opportunity I'm getting right now is, is very humbling, and it's a blessing opportunity as well. That's what I was trying to say in the first place. But thanks for your help there. No, absolutely. And and when you look back on your time at Syracuse, I mean you. You had an opportunity with with Paris Bennett as well as Zaire Franklin to to be that core and, and to be the group of guys that you know people were really looking to. I know Marquise Hodge was was involved with that as well at times. But you know just what you can say about you said it, it went by quick. You know that your time at Syracuse was fast. But what did you take away from it? And you know you obviously down the stretch in the last couple seasons got to you know, get a lot out there on film because you were playing alongside Zaire and Paris. So just what your takeaways have been and, and how your career went at Syracuse, in your opinion. Um, it's been a great experience, especially working with Paris and Zaire because those are my two best friends that 
I made and lifelong friends as well. Um, it was real cool playing alongside with them, starting linebackers the past few seasons. Um, that's what we dreamed of coming here at Syracuse. You ever spoke about that during summer workouts, getting an opportunity for us three to be out there together, showcase what, what type of uh, linebacker core we have at Syracuse and what type of uh, um, linebacker core Coach Lee uh, recruited. So, like, um, it's cool. It was been a cool experience, especially with them three. I mean, them two. And Marquise Hodge as well, because he was a part of the court um, about this past three years. And to be a part of that, you know, what did you learn and, and what did you take away from Syracuse as a linebacker? You know, what did that? What did the staffs teach you? What made you better at the linebacker position for being at Syracuse? Uh, you know, um, we're all like not highly recruited players, so like we all had, we always had bought in uh, to the system. Not coaches have strong teachers. So, like, learning, learning quick and on feet, um, playing fast, um, encouraging the younger guys, and also being leaders on and off the field. As a linebacker, you got to be a leader of defense because uh, you're a heartbeat of defense. So, as, as fast as we go, as, that's as fast as defense goes. So, that, that showed me a lot of leadership skills and um, stuff like that. Speaking here with Jonathan Thomas, a new alum of Syracuse's football program as he gets set for the NFL draft and opportunities inside of the NFL. Coming from Lawrenceville, Georgia, what can you say about you know your history with the sport of football, what you took away from Lawrenceville? Syracuse has brought in some good players from the state of Georgia before, guys that have become starters like yourself. So just you know to speak on the road from Lawrenceville to Syracuse. Um, you know, my little story, I didn't really start playing football to my junior year of high school because I grew up playing soccer. Um, but um, I was always close with uh, the kids in my in my school, all the football players, and they encouraged me to come out. And I feel like that was the best thing that ever happened to me because it blessed me the opportunity to get an education as well as chase my dreams as well. And um, Gwinnett County, the county itself, is um, I think we're ranked like fourth in, in the nation with like most D1 players or something like that. And we have the least population on any other team, I mean, other county is ranked as well. That speaks highly about the competitiveness in Grenada County. And um, so we always bring good we always, uh, bring good for football players out of the county. And I'm very proud to say that. And, you know, Kyle Whitner uh, is also from Grenada. So that's, a, that's mm-hmm. another plus for Syracuse. And when you look at a guy like Kylan Whitner, who was playing – as a defensive back, as a safety, and then moved to linebacker and is now pretty high on the depth chart as they move out of the spring. What can you say about Kylan? Because, I mean, Kylan's uh, obviously somebody like yourself who's been on the show and respect him and appreciate him. we got a good relationship. What do you think about Kylan Whitner and his future at Syracuse? He lives up to his, his nickname, Wit, because he's a really smart guy. And um, he always picks up uh, whatever fast. Um, he's always down to learn, never um, – you, you can now see that he's humble and ready to get down and, and get um, to work. And that's the biggest thing about him. Um, he's, he's a very smart player. He can pick up anything you really tell him. And he's very encouraging because he's my backup last year as, uh, as a nickel linebacker. And um, I was I would ask uh, Wick for some help um, with stuff that I didn't really understand because he, he's, he's a smart kid and a great leader too as well. He always works hard on and up the field, smart kid. Um, bright future, Evan, for sure. 
Speaking here with Jonathan Thomas, uh, moving forward from his time at Syracuse and into a hopeful opportunity with the NFL. You played in nine games as a freshman, sophomore, all 12, junior, 12, and then senior year, you played in 11 games with seven starts on the strong side. So you definitely have a lot of film out there, a lot of experience out there, have gotten to see a lot lot of things out there and inside of this ACC and the talent that you've gone up against, including outside of the conference going up against teams like LSU. So just what your time at Syracuse has brought to you and taught you because you've played almost every single game for the last three years and you got to play as a freshman. So there's there's going to be a lot of film out there and a lot of growth, I'm sure, and a lot of experience. What can you say about that experience? Um, it's it, it, it been a very cool experience, especially um, how Syracuse always, um, has a hard-ranking schedule. So it's always cool playing against the best teams. That's, that's how you want to uh, see yourself as a competitor, like how you compete against other teams. And um, the mindset... Um, one thing I learned about Syracuse, because um, we were never really like a high-ranked team. No one really believed in us. So we always had to come with that with a mindset, like every game. Like, it's, 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 it's us against, like, the world, um, really. Like, why not us? Type of uh, uh, um, attitude. So um, it, was, it, was, it was great playing against um, other good teams, especially playing against, like, great them great players uh, from other schools. Like Lamar Jackson, um, Fournette, um, the guys coming out this year and stuff like that. Sean Watson. So it was, it was always cool because you always want to compete at the highest level. That's that's the goal of playing college football to see how you how good you are playing against other really good teams as well. And it's been a while since Syracuse could boast of this, but defeating two top twenty teams in the past two seasons, doing it inside the Carrier Dome, taking down Virginia Tech in your junior season in 2016, where Virginia Tech had advanced all the way to the ACC championship game and played in a very, very close matchup with Clemson, who ended up winning the national championship, and then facing Clemson coming off of winning the national championship and beating them when they're ranked two in the nation as reigning national champions in 2017. So as much as a record might not show it, Jonathan, you're moving forward from Syracuse having this moment in history that can be a springboard for the Orange to move forward and become a better team and a team that demands some more respect, obviously puts some belief in the fan base, some faith in the fan base, some hope. The players, obviously, you gain momentum, and when you get this experience and get these victories, it helps you to believe that the next one you can go and get as well so, you know, just to speak on the last two seasons and being a part of a team that defeated two top 20 foes, including a reigning national champion, despite the fact that you don't go to a bowl game, there's still some big moments in Syracuse history that have happened. And the last time Syracuse had defeated anybody in the top two was way back in 1983, I believe, when they defeated Nebraska in the yeah. Dome. So it's been a long time since those moments. Yeah, um... Speaking about just two moments, I I will, I will always cherish those moments um, in my heart because um, those are the moments that um, us as a team, as brothers, um, strive for during every summer workout, every spring practice. Uh, moments like this where we can shock the world, be on national television, having um, our friends and family call us. Like I saw you on TV uh, winning against Clemson, like that was the best feeling ever. Like that that next morning feeling. 
Like it's something that you can relive over and over because that's something that you really work hard for. And those two games, um, there was there was like a different mindset within the team. Like even going even like going into the game in the locker room, you can tell everyone's locked in. Everyone wants to shock the world, you know, like stuff like that. We miss that because like no one believed in that. So for us to accomplish something like that was like a great moment for Syracuse um, as a whole. And when you said, you know, no one believes in us, did, did you get that sense? I mean, do you do you get that, you know, when you, when you went out there on the field that it just wasn't always there? I mean, did, did you even get that sense maybe from, from the fan base itself inside the Dome that, you know, you almost feel like they don't think you can do it, nobody thinks you can do it? Just bring me into that atmosphere, I mean, you know, so to speak. I mean, it goes both ways because um, – we all know you gotta win to get respect, and that's that's how that's how it's always been. So I don't look at it like we didn't really get enough uh, respect or attention from our fans. Just that they just want to see us winning, because they want to go back to that old culture where we had Don McNabb winning like all those um, big games and um, uh, a lot of games throughout the season. They, they want that's what they want to see, like exciting football. And I felt like Chris Babers brought that this past uh, two years with. With having explosive offense, that's something that that can really change the game because that that gets the crowd excited, that gets the uh, the defense excited because knowing that we can score any time we want, that makes us play very freely. And um, it was a cool experience um, this past few years with Coach Babers, especially with his uh, fast tempo because it opened a lot of doors um, for a lot of for a lot of us players, especially on offense and defense. Because I got a chance to play a position I never played before. Which just gave me like a good look uh, with uh, NFL scouts, so I'm blessed for that too as well. And and when you look at this new defense, uh, Jonathan Thomas, linebacker, who has played for Syracuse the last four seasons and is now working toward an, an NFL opportunity. Jonathan, when you look at the the shift in defense, I spoke with Zaire about this at the linebacker position. That you know you're you're used to blitzing, you're used to attacking under Schaefer, and then it's a little bit of read and react and, and some difference with Dino Babers. What did you take away from the shift? Do you feel like it can help your game? Did it disrupt your game? Did you have to change the way you played? Just kind of what you could say about the shifting of the defensive schemes from Schaefer to Babers. Yeah, um, Zari definitely hit down the nail um, comparing the two uh, defenses that we played for. Uh, because Schaefer, it was more like we're blitzing, we're coming after you, we love pressure. And um, with because uh, Baby is more of like um, they they used to have a little um, what do you call it a little saying uh, don't bend but don't break because you know like the type of offense they played like um, they're going because you never know it can be on off the show at any moment and you just gotta be ready to uh, to perform on um, the defense not not allowing uh, teams to have uh, a lot of high scoring games against us so that was that was more dif- uh, difference. Uh, I feel like with Coach Schaefer, we put pressure on the offense, and because uh, Babies are more of a, I can, not conservative, but um, what's the word I want to use? We just more, uh, we, we just want to, we want to play close, we're trying to play close with teams, in a way, if you know what I'm trying to say. And, and when, it, when and we, yes. No, I was going to say, yeah. just when looking at it, like you said, you know, kind of, you know, that, that reading, read and react, you know, bend but yeah. don't break type of feel to it. 
What does it do for you as a linebacker? Because it's it's in your nature, and you were recruited to to just you know as soon as they hike that ball to just attack in a frenzy, and and then you're you're shifting more to you know let's let's bend but not break. What did that do for you as a linebacker? Um, I came in um, the top of, uh, player I was in high school. I used to play close to the edge, blitz a lot. Um, always always around the box being like a little fast, switchy player. And um, I got a chance to do that um, here with uh, Coach Schaefer. But um, with Coach Babers, for, for some reason, I, I, I get like a little NFL um, type of sense to it, like the read and react, because that's how the game the NFL is playing like right now with, um, with a lot of speed players out in open space now. So you never know um, what they can do with a play action or whatnot. So you got to be able to read and react uh, as fast as you can. And I feel like that helped with my game because I was out in the open space with a uh, um, one of the be- like a lot of best slot receivers, tight ends in the country, and so that helped me play a little better one-on-one coverage and a lot of uh, um, coverage up top too. So that helped my game coverage-wise and tackling the open space helped too because there's a lot of man man-on-man calls that we had. So that helped with my tackling as well. That coming from Jonathan Thomas. Jonathan, before I let you go, we're going to be with the fan base on Sunday, April 15th at 2 p.m. We'll be at the Wildcat in Camillus, New York, Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza in Camillus. It's an opportunity for you guys to take some pictures, sign some autographs, and and obviously I'll be sitting with you, Zaire, and Irv to have a live special engagement conversation what do you want the fans to know about the opportunity? What do you want them to know about, you know, getting out there one one more time right before the draft comes along? Um, I, I guess I just want to share um, my experience with Syracuse, get the fans to really get to know me, um, really um, get my face out there, um, have a good conversation, meet meet some good people around Syracuse. But um, one last time before we head out. Um, me, me, uh, get a chance to be around Zion and Irv again. That's, that's always great being around my brothers. Um, I'm excited for it, so can't wait for it. That coming from Jonathan Thomas. Looking forward to it. And right before that, on Friday the 13th, a, an opportunity with the Bills. How excited are you for this? The local team, only a couple hours away from Syracuse. You'll be there with Zaire and Irv, and then you guys will be with me two days later. What are you looking forward to with this Bills workout and this opportunity in Buffalo? Um, just get a chance to showcase my ability because a lot of teams look at me as a, a, a safety or a hybrid player. Um, so like I, I be, uh, I've been doing um, linebacker and safety work, so I just showcase like how I can move my abilities and all that. So just another day for me to showcase what I can do. So I'm excited to do that as well. That coming from Jonathan Thomas, linebacker of Syracuse the last four seasons, played in 44 games, and we'll move forward into this opportunity with the Bills, and then we'll see you on Sunday, April 15th at 2 p.m. at the Wildcat. Jonathan, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. I appreciate the work that you've done in this community up to this point and the fight that you've had, and I look forward to some good news for you coming up here very soon. All right, thank you. Thanks for the call. All right, man, I'll talk with you soon. All right, bye. Take care. That coming from Jonathan Thomas once again. We'll take our final step aside of the show, and we will wrap up Tuesday like we always do with the ingredients to success. Proudly presented by Utica Pizza Company in just a moment. 
This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. The Penn & Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Penn & Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding ring that's been passed down through your family. If you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime, the Penn & Trophy Center, 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime. Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family. Their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. DT, proud to be here with you every single Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on MixLR.com backslash DT, having some fun this morning as we always do. And we are rounding out the Tuesday shows like we always do this morning with the ingredients to success. Proudly presented by Utica Pizza Company because if there's anybody that has successful ingredients to their recipes... It would be Utica Pizza Company for all the amazing food that they make and everything that they do for the community. Always a big fan of Utica Pizza Company and their work. So shout out to Charlie, Phil, and the team at Utica Pizza Company and beyond. I thank you for and as well as it's a, it's a Utica thing where you can have Utica Pizza Company come to your location and provide their amazing, amazing recipes right there on your doorstep. So Thank you so much to Utica Beats Company, and it's a Utica thing, for the work that you have done. Much appreciation and much thanks for that. With that being said, it's time to jump into the ingredients to success. Proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company on 628 South Main Street in North Syracuse, New York, right down the road from Maddie Dale by Liverpool. It's like Maddie Dale, Liverpool, Cicero, Syracuse, North Syracuse. It's all, it's right there. It's like right in the center, right by the Sweetheart Corners, 628 South Main Street in North Syracuse, New York. Head over there today. You can go for dine-in, and if you're going for takeout, catering, or delivery, you can call 315-214-3060 to set that up. That's 315-214-3060 to set that up, so make sure that you do that. I'm very excited to bring the ingredients to success to you today. So let's get into it. The ingredients to success for today's broadcast have to do with positive mindset and positive reinforcement to you today. 
And what we're going to do is we're going to discuss, you know, what that means and where that comes from, you know, positive mindset and positive reinforcement. And what that essentially means is kind of going off of my conversation that I was having about Tim Tebow just a little while ago here on the show is that, you know, this world is going to send a lot of positives toward you. It's going to send a lot of negatives towards you, and it's going to see what you're made of and kind of where you're at. So you have a choice to make of what you follow and what you do. And ultimately, that is going to affect your life. It's going to affect the way that you feel about yourself, the way that you feel about your career. And, you know, there's certain things that this world, in this world that, that you have to understand are yours to make and not somebody else's. Your confidence your self-esteem, your self-worth, your positivity, your love, your smile. You know, I found it very, very interesting and amazing that the conversation I, I just had with Irv Phillips this week and what he had to say about how he smiles all the time and he said, I can't let, he said, I can't let the world take my smile because if they take my smile, it's going to change me. And, and I find that so profound and, and so amazing when he said that, you know, I, I can't let the world take my smile because if they take my smile, then they take a piece of me. And, and I found that so profound, so amazing. So, you know, just really, really cool and really interesting that, you know, that, that's, that was a thought on his mind and that was something that came up to him. I can't let the world take my smile, Dan. I can't let them do it. And I respect the heck out of him for that because he said, you know, if they take my smile, they take a piece of me. And it is, it is so true. You know, if you let the world take your smile, then, you know, you lose yourself. And so the ingredients to success in the world that we live in today or any day is to know what your worth is and to determine whether your glass is half full. You can't let the what you can't go to the world and say, "What do you think of me?" Because ultimately, by doing that, when you say to the world, "Hey, what do you what do you guys think of me?" it establishes that the world gets to tell you who you are and how to live your life. You know, they they always they always say, you know, the things that really matter to you that are very intricate about you, don't share those things with everybody because the more hands that you have in the fire and the more people, the more opinions and whatnot, it's good to go out and seek opinions from those that you love and you trust. And at the same time, it ultimately comes down to you and what you want. And when you go to the world and you ask the world for its favor and you ask it to tell you who you are and and what you are and this, that, and the other thing, it's a dangerous, slippery slope to be on. Because once you tell the world to make a decision for you, it feels that it must make every decision for you. And and that is not the place that you want to be in by any stretch of the imagination. So your ingredients to success are know that you are the keeper of your own destiny. You're the one that decides what you do from here. You're the one that determines where you go and how you go. Now, things are going to happen in your life. We talked about doors being closed and open and different things going on. We know that that's going to be the case, right? Some doors are going to be open. Some are going to be closed. Some we're going to have to work on opening because they're not going to be easy to open. And, and other ones are closed for a reason and we're not meant to open them. Then other ones are, you know, that are blown wide open, 
you know, we have to have the courage to, to go through them and, and give them a chance. So there's a lot that we're going to learn in our lives. There's a lot that we're going to see in our lives. And I look forward to what that's going to be for you and I. Our ingredients to success, something that I that I heard on Ryan Seacrest's show yesterday, as he said that the quote of the day was, do not climb a mountain. Do not climb the mountain so that the world can see you. Climb the mountain so that you can see the world. In the world that I am in, and pretty much all of us with social media these days, but in the entertainment world, we get caught up in how many clicks, what are the stats, how many people are paying, how many people are watching, how many people are viewing, how many people are this, that, and the other thing. We get caught up in the numbers of it all. Well, yeah, it's what I love to do, but I have to make sure that at least a thousand people are watching it. Yeah, it's what I love to do, but you know, I have to be able to sell it to this and do it to this. And then we, f- we forget why we got involved in the first place and why we fell in love with it in the first place. You can't forget why you're in the game, you know? Something about basketball is a prime example. When I played basketball, and I still play it for fun, but when I played it growing up, I played the sport, and I would think about things, think about how do I want to shoot, how do I adjust my shot, Uh, what can I do to be better out there on the floor, what can I do to improve my game, but ultimately when I got out on the floor, I had to stop thinking. I had to let the game come to me and just let it be fluid. The more I thought when I was on the court, the more it affected me in a negative way. I took a three. I trusted in my shot, and I trusted in my practice, my ability, my mechanics, my God-given talent. I released it. It goes in. I released another one. It goes in. The third one, I told myself, you got to make it. You got to make it. You got to make it. I let it go, and as soon as I let it off my hand, I was like, it's not going in because I was thinking too much, and you can't. You go out there. You prepare as best you can and then you just play the game. I don't know how to describe it to you and I in the sense, I mean I hope it makes sense but the best basketball that I can play is when I shut my brain off. I'm still thinking, I'm still active, but I just shut those voices off. I shut the what if I what if I what if I I shut it off. And the same thing as a broadcaster, I succeed, my ingredients to success are when I turn the mic on and I just allow myself to be me, to be fluid, to be real, to be honest. That's how I succeed as a broadcaster. The more I think, the more I overthink and double think, the show doesn't sound like me anymore. So your ingredients to success to take home with you today are to climb the mountain to see the world, not to be seen. Climb the mountain for you, not for, oh my God, oh my God, everybody can see me now. Don't become a singer for anything other than the love of song. Don't become a broadcaster for anything other than the love of having your own show and speaking your own mind and being a voice, hopefully, to to enhance people's lives and to bring positivity to people's lives. Not everybody is going to like you, but if you're in the business of, I have to have likes and clicks and this and that and the other thing, some of the best movies I've ever seen were not critically acclaimed. Some of the best actors and actresses that that I've ever watched on screen have not won any awards. They're just good. 
And I'm a firm believer that if you are good at what you do and you give the best that you can and you believe in yourself and you trust in God and you have a strong faith or whatever you believe in, you are going to get there. And you can't overthink it. Don't overthink it. I believe in God. I believe in myself. And I allow myself to be scared. I ruin hours of my day, weeks of my year. And I say to myself, why am I allowing all this time to go by being scared and worried and questioning myself when I always come to the game with my shorts on, my sneakers on, my jersey, and I'm ready to play and I got the ball in my hand? I mean, that's the thing. If you're always going to come and play, why worry about it? Good, bad, or indifferent, in the entertainment world, we think, well, we're here to make money. We're here for the rat race. We're here to get as many fans as we can, as many clicks as we can, as many followers as we can. Chris Pratt is not, oh my God, I got to have all these followers. He's going out playing Star-Lord and having a good time. You could have hated him, you could have loved him, but he was going to play the character the same way. We might laugh at Vin Diesel, but everybody loves Groot. And... That's the funny thing about it is you laugh at the guy, but you love the character. It's He's going to be that character no matter what. Tim Tebow is going to live his life no matter what. You might make fun that there's that there's eight Fast and the Furiouses and they're going to make 700 more. But I want to believe that Vin Diesel's in this game to have fun, to enjoy it. Yeah, you got to make money and do all this stuff to live away. But once you start focusing on the money, the clicks, the followers, the reads, the numbers, the statistics, people ask me about that stuff all the time. You know, how many listeners do you have? What are your statistics? How much money? How much this? How much da 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 And it's so invasive. And if I had flipped the script and sent it toward them in their profession, they would probably be appalled at the questions. They would probably feel completely naked and like how are you asking me all these things but yet they feel comfortable to do that to me because I'm new media I'm a different world I'm something that's coming into the world that wasn't here before and when you do that you know when I first started podcasting it was like what the hell is a podcast does anybody listen and now it's like there's millions of podcasts and actors and actresses and ESPN and and NBA and this and the NFL and everybody's doing it when nobody was doing it, I was doing it. When everybody was doing it, I'm still doing it. But the fact of the matter is, and, and the thing that I want you to take with you as an ingredient to success is, we determine success on how many people are our friends, how, many, how much money we make, how many cars we have, how many houses we have, how many people follow us on Twitter, how many people listen to our show, how many people watch our movie. And if you focus on that as your, as your recipe for success... You will fall out of love with the exact thing that you got in the business to do. You'll fall out of love of what you fell in love with. I am in love with being a person that can lead people to do tremendously great things. I look at Tim, Tim Tebow and I say, why not me? You know, he's doing it on the field. I'm going to do it on the mic. And... We can make this world a better place, but it's it's your energy, it's your time, it's all of these things that are that are valuable and 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 so important. 
and and we determine our ingredients to success to to be all these superficial things that are ever if every single time I stepped down on stage to sing, I was like, oh my God, how many people are in the crowd? And I'm hyperventilating. I'm never going to be a good singer. It is the hardest thing in the world to do to prepare for something, give your all to something, believe in something and show up. And there's three people there. And you ask God, why are there three people here? There should be 300 people here. I'm making everybody that's wrong look right. And I'm making myself look wrong. And I'm right. And you ask God, why, 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 why? But (laughs) knowing God, I'm going to look back on those moments and I'm going to smirk and I'm going to apologize for questioning God. Because our ingredients to success are not set up in how, and and, and it's so easy to get caught up in it, right? You're a restaurant, you want to be full all the time, but you can't let that overcome your energy and your time because your quality is paramount. Your quality is paramount. We all get caught up in numbers. Numbers, 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 numbers. But the best things in life aren't numbers. The recipes that that Phil uses at Utica Pizza Company that were made by his grandmother and passed down to his mom, his grandmother and his mother were not concerned with numbers. They were concerned with their family getting good food, eating it, and feeling good about it, and being happy, and having good conversation, and just making them smile, and filling up their stomachs, and, and just just giving, giving them their heart in that recipe. I'm going to ask you to do something crazy, but I want you to trust me on this, because I'm trusting myself on it. Strip down all of the material things around what you do. Do you love what you do? Do you feel empowered with what you do? One of the greatest things my buddy Evan ever said to me, I called him up and he said, how's the show going? And I said, I got these numbers and these numbers and these numbers. Oh my God, and this is high and this went up 50% and this went up 80%. And he said, I'm going to stop you right there. I want to talk to my best friend. And I sat on the phone. I was like, you are talking to me. No, I'm not. He said, because my best friend became a broadcaster for the love of broadcasting and nothing more than that. I don't want to hear about your numbers. I want to hear if you are having fun doing what you're doing. Walt Disney was told over 700 times that he would fail. He was told over 700 times that it wouldn't work. That a year-round amusement park was crazy and stupid. Get a real job. Why are you wasting your time? Walt Disney was constantly having people say, this new thing that you're trying will never, ever work. Walt Disney's been passed away for a very long time. And this man is the richest dead man that anybody's probably ever met. Walt Disney World is one of the biggest, most beautiful attractions. Add in, add in all the other Disney parks across the world. Add on to all of that the movies. Add in Marvel. Add in ABC and all of the TV stations that they own. It all started with a man drawing a mouse who was crazy, who was insane, who had the ingredients for disaster. 
the ingredients to be broke his whole life, the ingredients to be a child and never be an adult. That's what other people said. Walt Disney believed in himself, believed in his ideas, believed that it would work. And I'm going to venture to say, even though I didn't know Walt Disney, that 90% of the time he was the only person that believed it would work outside of close loved ones. He never stopped believing. And if he did for a second, then my wife and I wouldn't be going down smelling suntan lotion, seeing palm trees, and hanging out with Mickey. Coming up very soon for a birthday celebration. If that young man believed what everybody else was saying to him, and if Twitter was around back then, he'd have no followers, no clicks, and a bunch of people making fun of him. He did the unthinkable, the unimaginable, the unattainable. Because he fell in love with what he was doing And every single day that he woke up, he didn't care who believed and who didn't believe. He believed that what he was doing was right, and eventually the people would come. It is the most aggravating thing in the world to work your butt off and be like, where are the people at? At the same time, question your maker and find out how that goes for you. The ingredients to a successful life are to chase your dreams, chase what you love, do the thing that people tell you not to do and love your life, be yourself, give everything you have to the dreams you have had for so long. And trust me that it'll work out because anything else that works out is never going to be good enough because anything else that works out that is not us chasing our dreams and being who we are will always leave us wanting more. How many people have millions and millions of dollars, but they hate what they do? Well, Dan, they got money. Doesn't matter. The happiest people I've ever met in my life have been the ones that said, why does anybody else have to like what I'm doing? I like what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. We get caught up in having to sell out a restaurant, sell out in an arena. Why? Why? If you don't get an HBO special as a comedian, you're not a good comedian? Robin Williams didn't have an easy road. Jim Carrey didn't have an easy road. Kevin Hart didn't have an easy road. But they all got somewhere special. And I don't know how to describe it any other way because I can I can feel it in my gut that I'm fighting a world that's saying to me, Dan... You can't survive as an entertainer without the numbers, without the money, without the this, without the that. You know, if people didn't like the Marvel movies, they can't survive. In the entertainment world, 
that I have learned living in it because, and I can use this with any walk of life because it's like, it's like what normal world is, you know, times a million. You put products out there. And the more people that support them, the bigger your career is as an entertainer. So we get caught up in that. How many people bought my CD today? As opposed to 10 years ago, how many people are buying my CDs? Half on the My Career's end. No. You got to sing because you love to sing. You got to do what you love to do because you love to do it. Those are your ingredients to success. I want you to take that home with you today. I want you to let that marinate. You want people to come to your restaurant. You want people to come to your car dealership. You want people to come to your apparel store. You want people to come to your chiropractic care. You want people to come to your airline, to your movie, to your live show. You want people to come. But the most successful people in this world focused on the product. And giving it all that they possibly could. Not on the people that came. You get lost in that. You get lost in fame. You get lost in the bright lights of it all. Oh my God, look at all this money. Oh my God, look at all these houses. Oh my God, look at all these people that are here to see me. If Kevin Hart didn't get on stage for the love of being a comedian, then all those people would show up and he wouldn't, he wouldn't come through. If you lose yourself, you lose the exact product that brought you to where you are. If you only focus on the numbers, you lose everything about what got you there. And I want to thank my friend Evan for waking me up when he had said that to me in my history, where he said, I don't want to lose my friend. Because he's going to do this show for one person, for no people, for a million. The same way that he would do it any other time he's going to do this show, the same. Because this is who he is. And damn it, Evan, you're right. You're right, buddy. We have to live and love and give it all. Give it all. It's so easy to get so caught up. Especially in this day and age where the average human being is like, oh my God, I got a thousand Twitter followers. I'm famous. We get caught up in it all. Remember who you are and what got you to where you are. Then go from there. Utica Pizza Company was born in the kitchen of a grandmother who just wanted to feed her family. That's where it was born. And something tells me Phil never forgot that because his food is amazing. And we have to look to things like that. Why we do what we do. And do it for the love of it. Because nothing else matters as much. I appreciate you being a part of the show. I appreciate you listening in. And I hope you live your dreams today. In a world that is obsessed with numbers, I want you to fall in love with your dreams. I want you to believe in yourself. And I want you to give it all. 
and I want you to take that plunge. I want you to try. And I want you to have fun. And when I climb to the top of the mountain, I hope I see you up there. Not for all the people that are looking up at us saying, oh my God, I can't believe they went up that mountain. I want to be focusing on the sun that I see when I get up there because it's going to look more beautiful and more different than any time I've ever seen the sun before. Don't lose the horizon focusing on the ground. Your Ingredients to Success, proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company. And I very much look forward to talking with you Wednesday, April 11th, with Dave Paziak. Dave Paziak, who is the coach of the Linden Hornets in Vermont. He was a longtime coach here at OCC, and he is somebody who is a phenomenal basketball minds enthusiast and analyst of the sport of basketball. We are going to tackle, we're going to spend the show tomorrow. I've waited. I've done little tidbits here and there and everywhere. But tomorrow, Dave and I are going to sit down and look at the many factors in the college to pro conundrum. And we are going to go through the layers of that lasagna, so to speak. And we're going to break it down. And we're going to try and figure out what we can figure out about the system and about moving forward. I can't wait for that show. It's been a long time coming. Dave Paziak, tomorrow morning. God bless y'all and have a great day.